Is the church too political? Should Christians just preach the gospel? Get answers today on The Mark Harrington Show. The Mark Harrington Show is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to our ministry and support the radio program by going to MarkHarringtonShow.com. I recently had the honor of hosting Bob Bernie Live, which is on Salem Radio, affiliate WRFD in Columbus, Ohio. And my guest was Pastor Matt Keller of Cross Point Church in Westerville. And on the program, we talked about whether Christians should just be preaching the gospel and should pastors be applying scripture to the times in which we live. So I hope you find this discussion valuable. And if you do, please leave a review and share the podcast. So here it is as I guest host for Bob Bernie Live. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. Good afternoon once again. Mark Carrington sitting in for Bob Bernie today. And Bob is enjoying a well-deserved day off. So I'm honored to be sitting in for Bob. And you can find out more about our work at Created Equal by going to createdequal.org. Also, I host the Mark Carrington Show here on WRFD at 1.30 p.m. every Saturday. And WTOH 98.9, that's the FM channel here at 8 8 o'clock a.m. Saturday morning. So my guest in studio today is Pastor Matt Keller and... um, Matt and I are friends. We've uh, I attend Matt's church, so <laughs> I wanted to have Matt on the program because one thing I appreciate appreciate about Matt and the church Cross Point here in Westerville is their willingness to address the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. Uh, not every church does that. Uh, not every pastor does that, and I really appreciate that. I think it's important. Uh, and that's what attracted my wife and, and myself to the church, and that's why we're very privileged to be part of the church at Cross Point here in Westerville. So, Matt, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. So, you know, I want to jump right in. We have <laughs> it's always such short time here, but just recently you you uh, did a series at the church on Wednesday nights called It's Not Difficult. I, I love the title, by the way. I think it's awesome. <laughs> it's Not That Difficult, and it was dealing with what most people would think difficult are difficult issues, like yeah. social justice, abortion, uh, the transgender issue, climate change, human sexuality, and you finished up with uh, capital punishment the other night. And, you know, for me, it's like, this, this should be normal, right? This is what Pastors should do. This right. is what pastors and churches should be doing. Not all of them do, and I'm, you know, we're not here to condemn any churches or whatever. I just wanted to get to you and talk to you about why it is you feel as a pastor that you're you need to be relevant in addressing the issues that confront the culture. Obviously, you're there to preach the gospel. I want to get into that because some people say, "Oh, we're just supposed to preach the gospel." Right. Well, we can talk about that. And of course, we're we're meant to preach the gospel, but. I want to ask you, why is it—I mean, obviously, you have a you know, determination. This is important to you. Why do you believe it's important that we, as the church, are relevant to culture, let's say? 
Well, I, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm glad that we have the opportunity to, to have this discussion and uh, to talk about these things. These are really important issues, and, and I think that the church has to be willing to engage the culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. the, the Word of God is relevant. You don't have to make the Word of God relevant. It is relevant. It's always been relevant. It's always going to be relevant. Right. The church itself, though, needs to engage the culture. We don't need to be afraid of it. We don't need to back off of it. We, we don't need to hide our heads in the sand because of it. We need to actually get out and engage the culture. We're called to make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, that is certainly what God has commissioned the church to do. He's, he's, he's Holy Spirit indwells us uh, to go out and to share the truth of the gospel and make disciples. Um, and, and that is kingdom work, and we, right. we know that. But that's not limited to evangelism. Uh, kingdom work is also has to entail um, dealing with certain issues that come up in society and in culture. And so I don't think social issues and evangelism, making disciples, uh, has to be necessarily pitted against one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some people think, well, in order of importance, you know, the first thing is this, right. the second thing is that. Right. Um, I like the guys down at Founders Ministry. Um, one of them made mention one time of the fact it's not one and two, it's 1.1 and 1.2. That sense. And yeah. we really have to engage so that people understand what the Word of God actually says. Mm-hmm. Matt Keller's my guest today, and uh, Matt Pastor's Cross Point Church. You can find out more by going to Experience Cross Point Church, or Experience Cross Point dot church, Correct. right? Yes. And Cross Point with an E on the end. Of yes. It, right. Uh-huh. Okay. Just so you make sure of that. And uh, Pat's uh, or Matt's my uh, pastor as well. And and Matt, this is Bob Bernie's uh, original church. I mean, he founded this church. So yes, he did a lot of history. We love Bob, and I, I, I'm sure he he did a lot to to set it on the right course. And yes, and we love Bob for all that he did. Uh, you know, to get this church started, and uh, he's a great great man. Yes. Um, so. You know, relevancy to the culture, I mean, it seems to go without saying, actually, I mean, if we want to reach the culture with the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, non-believers need to know that we've got it together, that we actually can can relate to what's going on, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean we need to, that isn't what we all always do. And in fact, there there is a temptation, right? To become too political, let's say. Sure. And yeah. I'm sure you get, and maybe you do, maybe you get criticized here or there saying, well, you know, all this focus on issues, social Mm -hmm. issues, as you say, with this current series that you just finished, for an example, there may be those out there to say, well, that's political, Pastor. We're not called to do or to be involved in politics. How do you respond to that? Well, they certainly wouldn't have liked John the Baptist um, because he called out Herod for an immoral relationship that he had. Uh, They definitely wouldn't have liked the Apostle Paul because in Romans 13, uh, he addressed government and he addressed cultural issues as well. And but then you have to think through to what the Word of God actually tells pastors that our job is. Mm-hmm. Our job, a, a large component of our job, one of the reasons why God gave pastors and teachers to the church was for what? According to Ephesians four eleven through fifteen, it's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to bring right. God's people to maturity in the faith so that they're not children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and by every human cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. Paul says that you t- you speak the truth in love. So, yes, I have to speak the truth. 
mm-hmm. but I do so in love. And the reason we do that is so that we bring believers to the point that they grow up, and, and Paul says this, in every way, that they come to maturity in Christ. And so, uh, yes, you take the Word of God and you exposit the Word of God. You know, at Cross Point on Sunday mornings, that's exactly what we do. We open up the Word of God. Right now we're preaching through First John, mm-hmm. um, paragraph by paragraph, and and expose it. What does it mean? Apply it to the life of a believer. But then also take opportunities to talk about the things that are going on so that believers have a right frame of mind, a biblical worldview. Well, it's impossible to read the Bible and not have it be relevant. I mean, when you read through Scripture, it screams out for application to what's going on in the world, right? I mean, if you ignore it, then you're not preaching God's Word. In, In Acts chapter 20, verse 27, Paul says that I did not shrink away from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Correct. Uh, you know, it's the entire Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation. Yep. We can't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just the red letters, as important as those are, right? Yes. Yep. It's the whole Word of God, and some of that stuff's pretty tough. I mean, and it, you know, but it needs to be applied, and I think that's so very important, especially in these days. Yes. And we are experiencing very difficult times. Yes. I mean, uh, I'm 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 an old guy now. <laughs> I've seen a lot, <laughs> but I tell you what: what we are experiencing here in America, around the world, mm-hmm. is unprecedented. Yes, and, and we just can't sit back. Right, and and we as believers, we say we look to the Bible. We say that we are people of the book. Mm-hmm. We need to remember that the Bible is authoritative. That the Bible is sufficient. That the Bible is inspired. That the Bible is clear, right. and on these issues that are predominant that we're facing on a cultural from a cultural perspective we have to understand the bible does say something now you may not be able to point to one verse uh, but when you talk about a systematic theology it's what does the bible say about this issue from genesis to revelation Um, the same thing is true with these cultural issues what does the bible say about life from genesis to revelation what does Mm -hmm. it say about human sexuality from mm-hmm. Genesis to Revelation. And, and it says much about these things. That's right. And it's important for us to take God's people into God's Word so that their eyes are open to the reality that God's Word is relevant um, to where they live, and it informs them as to how to think and discern the things around them, but also how then they can go and speak the truth in love and make a difference in the lives of their neighbors, their friends, um, classmates, whoever it may be. My guest is Matt Keller, and he's the pastor at Cross Point Church here in Westerville, Ohio. You can find out more by going to Experience Cross Point, that's with an E, dot church. Again, we're Matt, Matt Keller and Mark Harrington sitting in for Bob Bernie. We'll be right back with more. Today's news, God's Word, and your thoughts. This is Bob Bernie Live. So it was Martin Luther who said, quote, If I profess with the loudest voice and clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God, except that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, I'm not confessing Christ, however boldly I may be professing Christ. My guest today is Matt Keller. 
He's the pastor of Cross Point Church here in Westerville, Ohio. And if you're interested, you can check out their website at experiencecrosspoint with an e on the end dot church. So, Pastor Matt, let's uh, let's kind of revisit one of the questions I asked in the first segment, yes, and that sir. was the risk of uh, becoming so-called political. Yeah, uh, you know, we live in a very uh, divided country. Mm-hmm. It seems like everything's political. Yes, uh, the vaccine's political. Every single thing <laughs> is political. Uh, what do you? How do you respond to that when people say, you know, we need to stick to the gospel, and not become too political? Well, I, I think there's something that is very important that people need to remember and realize, and that is that these these cultural issues that we're facing, some of them we've already named today, these issues are not first and foremost political. These are right. biblical moral issues right. that culture and the government have then made political. But these things are, are dealing with um, God's design for human flourishing. Right. You're talking about human sexuality, and you're talking about um, gender and um, abortion, life. You're, you're talking about some really important moral, biblical things. And you know, someone said years ago uh, that the gospel is not just the ABC of how to get saved, but it's the A to Z of the Christian life. And God's Word applies uh, to every facet, every part of life in our existence. And so you know, you look at something like critical race theory, right? And they right. say, well, this is this is not a gospel issue, except the fact that critical race theory, if you understand it, it is, in fact, another gospel. That's right. And so, you know, if you go to Titus chapter number one, uh, Paul says that one of the jobs of an elder is to refute false teaching while at the same time teaching right doctrine. Um, and then you go over to Galatians chapter one, and Paul talks about uh, being surprised that the the people in Galatia were so quickly removed from the gospel that they had heard and that he had preached to them. And, and he said, if anybody, myself or an angel from heaven, preaches any other gospel to you than that which you have already received, let them be accursed. Well, my question is, if pastors aren't talking about these things, then how do their people know what's real and what's not? And so we have to equip people to think rightly, to think biblically about these, not just political, but understand that politics has hijacked everything, and these are really biblical issues that we need to talk about. Well, and I think there's a difference between politics and being partisan. Correct. Absolutely. Vote Republican, vote Democrat. That's not for us to tell people to do, per se, right? Correct. It's all about moral issues. We can tell where uh, a a particular person, politician, a person holding government office, lands on moral issues, and we right. should base our votes on that. Sure. But we don't need to talk about platforms or, 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 or politics, per se, right. or being partisan. I think that's mm-hmm. where we can all agree we need to draw the line. Um, what about just the, the, the idea that just preaching the gospel? I mean, when people say just preach the gospel, I think to myself, the gospel is important, right? I mean, Absolutely. It's the primary purpose of why we're here, yes. and that is to reach people for Jesus Christ, to evangelize and disciple the nations. Right. We can do both. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, we can do both. We do both created equals best we can. It's not easy, often, Correct. to, to strike that balance right. uh, because people can err on either side, but... Mm-hmm. We can do both. Right. And I think if, if people were to go back and even listen to this series that we just wrapped up on Wednesday nights on, uh, it's just not difficult. Uh, what we did throughout that series was lay out what the, the world says the issue is, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is why it feels difficult to, to believers to talk about mm-hmm. these things or to deal with these things. Mm-hmm. The second half of every lesson was, okay, but what does the Bible say? Because when we understand what the Bible says, it's just not difficult anymore. And then every week we wrapped up with, but let's bring the gospel into this. And let's talk about the fact that Jesus came and, and died so that sinners can have life. And, and that, you know, like Wednesday night, we were talking about capital punishment and right. and what the Bible ta- says about that issue. And the reality is that someone can take another life, and that's tragic, and that's awful. And yes, their life may be required of them, but if they place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they're forgiven of their sin, and they have hope in him and everlasting life through faith in him. So, you know, it, the gospel comes to bear on everything. It's the foundation upon which everything is built. Um, and so, yes, by all means, the gospel must be preached and taught at all times with every issue. But it doesn't mean that we avoid these things um, and exclude them to the detriment of the people that God has called us as pastors to lead and to equip to maturity in this world. And when you take that position, which you have, mm-hmm. and it's a very you know strong position, you're going to come under fire. I sure. mean, you're going to there's going to be persecution from outside the church, more than likely. I mean, we're living in times now that who knows what happens in the future. It's very possible, maybe even likely, that pastors uh, will be, you know, they're going to go to jail over over preaching the Word of God. Look at what's happening in Canada. Yeah, I mean, and so when you see that, I mean, there will be those that would say, you know, I'm going to avoid that. You know, it's about building my church, growing the church, which is important. Sure. But does that concern you? I mean, as a pastor, I know we're not there, but right. other places around the world, we're there. We're there in Canada. Sure. It's coming to the U.S. Absolutely. I, I fully believe that. Does it concern me from a perspective as, as a husband and a father? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly. You know, there's there's a concern there. Um, however, you think about the, the long line of men who have stood up and stood in the gap and stood as watchmen on the wall declaring the gospel um, throughout time from from the time of you know the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fueling of the church in acts um you know what a, what an honor to suffer for Christ if that is what God determines for me or for others in our time i mean we wouldn't invite it i no. mean we're not asking for it no but if we're consistent and we're truthful and and we are uh you know we're we're preaching the word of god as it should be preached, this, this may come, and we need to be prepared for it. And there are people all around the world to be martyred for the faith. Yes. I mean, and we've been very fortunate in America right. to live under this freedom and have the freedom of religion, freedom of free expression. Those days are changing, I think, now right. with what's we're have, you know, is happening at light speed in a way. Yeah. And folks need to be ready. Right. Well, you know, it's amazing because in Hebrews chapter 11, you go through this hall of faith, right? And towards the end of Hebrews 11, it's really talking about these martyrs. And, and the author of Hebrews says the world was not worthy of them. And you come into chapter 12, and it, and it talks about uh, Christ and what he did. And then it says, you have not yet resisted unto blood. Mm. And it's true. We, mm. Christianity in our, in our country hasn't really cost us anything. Right. But the one thing I think we have to remember is this, that God, by his sovereign plan, has put us at this time in this place, not to sit there with our head in the sand, but to do what he's called us to do. Pastor Matt Keller is my guest. Mark Harrington sitting in for Bob. We'll be right back.
Journey Live, looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. So if you have a question for Pastor Matt Keller, give us a call, 877-BOB-LIVE or 1-877-262-5483. We're just talking about in these times, these difficult times that we're in here, how the church needs to be relevant and be speaking to the issues of the day without neglecting our primary cause, which is to spread the gospel and disciple the nations. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're talking about. And again, if you have a question, give us a call or comment. That's 877-BOB-LIVE or 1-877-262-5483. Matt, I want to read this. This is a quote from Francis Schaeffer in the um, Christian Manifesto. And he said this, If in the last part of the 20th century, of course he wrote in the 20th century, the Christian community does not take a prolonged and vocal stand for the dignity of each individual and each person's right to life. So he's talking about abortion. Mm Mm-hmm. We have failed the greatest moral test to be put before us this century. And I think that's true. He said future generations, and I think this is so so relevant, future generations will look back and many will either scoff or believe in Christ on the basis of whether we as Christians of today took a sacrificial stand for the various walks of life on these very overwhelmingly important issues. I think that's so true. I agree with you. I mean, there, I mean, future generations are going to look back and say, where were you? Were you there? Right. Were you speaking to these issues? I mean, look at the, how quickly things are changing. Yes. Gender issues, life, almost every single thing, liberty, all of it. And that's where we need to, you know, we need to speak to it. So your church at, at Crosspoint, mm-hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about it. Well, uh, again, you had mentioned that it was actually planted by Bob Burney back yeah. in the in the late seventies. We've been in uh, Westerville on Cleveland Avenue now since about nineteen eighty, and God's just been gracious to us. He's been so kind and mm-hmm. and allowing people to find the church. And we've seen um, many people baptized this year, and you know we're excited about what God is doing, and we're excited mm-hmm. about the opportunity even now through uh, various social media platforms to mm-hmm. get the message out and understand that. You know, this is something that we believe every believer should be exposed to in some way. And and mm-hmm. so uh, we actually have the, the two series that I've talked about, It's Just Not Difficult and the Critical Race um, Theory series. They're available on, on our YouTube page, so you can go to youtube.com slash crosspoint with an E, Westerville, and uh, okay. you can find those there. Or if you go to our media page at experiencecrosspoint.church, uh, you can take a look at those there as well. Well, I don't want to be accused of uh, you know showing partiality to my <laughs> pastor, but I do appreciate uh, some of the resources that you guys provide. Uh, very helpful, and um, so you know, we love the church, of course, and that's why I'm having you on today. I appreciate that. Uh, and, and, of course, again, Bob Bernie laid the foundation for yes. everything that you've been doing here, and uh, we're very grateful for him. And, of course, his radio program here it does it every single day, yes. dealing with the issues from a biblical worldview. So we're very, very thankful for Bob. I want to switch gears here real quick, uh, uh, Pastor Matt, and deal with some breaking news, as we saw that U.S. President Biden met with the Pope today in uh, Rome. And I want to read, this is from Reuters. And uh, to say this is disappointing is an understatement, but Mm -hmm. the U.S. President Joe Biden said on Friday that Pope Francis had told him he should keep receiving communion. This is after, of course, the U.S. Uh, bishops are saying no, and is just all this controversy in the United States about it. Right. Uh, amid a fierce debate in the U.S. Church over President Biden's position on abortion, um, 
Now, asked, and this is, again, according to Reuters, who knows where the truth lies, honestly. Coming from the White House, we don't know. Right. (laughs) Asked if the topic of abortion came up during this long meeting with the Pope in the Vatican today. The Pope said no. Said Hmm. that the abortion, the issue of abortion, did not come up. And he said, according to, again, the White House, that the Pope said he should keep receiving communion. Now, what I found interesting here is they did talk about climate change. Yes, yeah. But not abortion. Right. I mean, it, it's it, like you said earlier, I mean, critical race theory is a religion, in a sense. It's a f- false gospel. Yes. I would say climate change is similar to that, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. But we didn't deal with abortion. You know, the premier social issue, injustice, facing the world. Yes. And the Pope is just last week said abortion's murder. Yeah. But yet did not, so apparently did not even mention it to the U.S. president who's pro-choice and claims to be Catholic. How do you respond to that? I know you're non-Catholic. I'm evangelical, so are you. Right. But just on the political front, what what does that say about where we are? Well, it's astounding um, because when you have the Scripture that is absolutely clear about <laughs> life exactly, and for the Pope not to even address that subject with a president, probably the most pro-abortion president no doubt about we've it. ever had in our country, uh, not to even bring that up, not to broach that subject, and then go into climate change, which, as we talked about in the series that I did, there is no true consensus on climate change, whether or not it's man-made uh, or a naturally occurring phenomenon. There's there's no true consensus on it. Um, so that, that just doesn't make a lot of sense from uh, our perspective, but it kind of fits the narrative as to the direction, the lean, the shift of the world. And, and the Catholic Church, unfortunately, yes. uh, very political, unfortunately, as well. Uh, this is, to me, this is a political thing. I mean, it's it's the Pope does not want to ruffle fre- feathers with a Catholic U.S. president, period. Right. You know, it, kind of amazing, because Canon 915 uh, actually says that those who persist in manifest uh, grave sin can be denied communion. And then in in 2004, Cardinal Ratzinger actually wrote a memorandum in which he said that if politicians um, campaign or vote for permissive abortion laws, they are in fact persisting in manifest grave sin, and therefore they should be denied communion. In 2014, Pope Francis came out, and he actually agreed with that and affirmed that that memorandum from Cardinal Ratzinger, but then just in September, he came out and said politics should not influence uh, pastoral decisions concerning communion. And so the Pope's decision today um, that, you know, he's a good Catholic, he should continue to, to receive communion, it doesn't square with his positions in the past, uh, but it does show, I think, a shift that is maybe a little bit more recent where the Pope is okay with this. Well, and then, you know, President Biden gets away with saying this. He, he says he's personally opposed to abortion. Yeah. This is the classic pro-choice position. I'm personally opposed to abortion, but he cannot impose his views as an elected leader. You know, I'm thinking to myself, well, you're willing to impose your views on all other things except exactly. that, it seems, you know. Yeah. Climate change, the, the mandates for vaccines. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could go on and on. Right. For some reason, abortion's like in this separate category that it's a personal thing that we can't let invo- uh, uh, be involved in our politics. It's an excuse. We all know it. 
it works for them. Yeah. It works for him. Yeah. And people say, oh, yeah, that's right. We don't want the you know faith being involved in our in our politics we have the separation of church and state yada 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 but uh it's unfortunate that he gets away with this and and i was very disappointed i you know obviously i know a lot of catholics i work with some mm-hmm. you know in the pro life fight i mean i work uh you know they they're obviously anti abortion but I'm sure they're very disappointed today sure. <laughs> when this happened. I mean, this, it's not hard to believe that it did. Now, let me ask you this. When it comes to communion, sure. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Bible's clear, and, and Paul's talking about this, and I'll read it. And then I just want to get your you know, perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, he says, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner mm-hmm. will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 29. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. What did Paul mean here? And does that, I mean, do do the Catholics have partly right here or what? Well, I'm just asking. (laughs) Sure. Um, Catholics have a a totally different view on communion. Um, They Mm -hmm. view it as a sacrament through which grace is infused toward a person when they partake of um, the Eucharist, the the sacrament. They also believe in transubstantiation, in which that Jesus is crucified each and every time the Mass is celebrated. Um, But Hebrews says that Jesus was crucified once for all, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's no need for him to be crucified again and again and again. So the the biblical perspective, biblical communion— And see, that's not not news to anybody. Correct. We're not saying—we're not anti-Catholic, we're not—yeah. They recognize this, and we recognize that there's a difference, right. and there's nothing wrong with that. Correct. We just, you know, we can be civil in our disagreements Absolutely. here, but that's just how it is. Yes. Yeah. So what is this passage speaking to? Well, this is talking about what I believe is, is biblical communion, biblical Lord's Supper, which is purely symbolic, which was instituted to remember Jesus' death, um, that uh, the Lord's Supper or any other ordinance, it cannot save, it cannot give grace uh, mm-hmm. for those who have received um, God's saving grace through faith alone in the person and work of Jesus Christ alone. And so what Paul is saying here, in context, he was he was dealing with the fact that uh, there were people coming to partake of communion, and they were doing it basically for the meal itself, but they, they were they were so making light of it. So that's the unworthy manner then? Yes. Okay. There, was, there was unconfessed sin in their life. There was not a, a serious, solemn examination, and Paul was calling them uh, to examine themselves, to deal with unconfessed sin, to deal with sin towards other believers. Um, and, you know, if they didn't deal with their sin, then they weren't permitted to partake of it because of the consequence of it. All right. My guest again is Matt Keller. He's the pastor at Cross Point Church here in Columbus, in Westerville, actually. And you can find out more if you'd like by going to experiencecrosspoint.church. That's with an E yes. on the end. We'll be right back. You're listening to Bob Bernie live and Mark Harrington sitting in. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. Good afternoon and thank you for joining me. Mark Harrington sitting in for Bob today. Uh, he's enjoying a well-deserved day off. And once again, I'm very privileged to sit in for Bob 
Bob's been a good friend for many years, and I very much appreciate how he conducts himself, especially in times where it just seems like people are falling off the wagon left and right when it comes to being uh, true to the God's Word and, and having character. So anyway, uh, I'm here with uh, Reverend... Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is true. It is true, I guess. <laughs> I just don't Pastor, go by that. <laughs> Pastor Matt uh, Keller uh, of uh, Cross Point Church here in Westerville, I want to draw a sharp point to what we just were discussing with the um, President Biden yeah. being apparently told. And again, this is coming from the White House. Who knows? Maybe the the Vatican will clarify this and say, no, that's not what he. That's not what he was told. We don't know. Uh, it's possible. Maybe this isn't factual, but it was at the time I came into the studio. So uh, that uh, the that. Uh, Pope Francis did not bring up abortion and is not going to uh, deny, yeah. the Catholic Church is not going to deny President Biden uh, communion. But I wanted to just be sure as to what people understand about 1 Corinthians 11 sure. uh, when it talks about taking the cup in an unworthy manner. If you would, make sure we all understand what we're talking about here. Yeah, It's not the Catholic uh, denial of communion. Like Correct. Okay. Yeah, the only thing that makes us worthy to, to receive communion is really our, our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the regeneration that happens by the Holy Spirit, uh, making us new creations in Christ Jesus. And what was happening in 1 Corinthians that Paul was warning about with these people partaking in an unworthy manner is that they were coming and they were eating uh, to gratify the desires of the flesh and not to remember Christ and what he did on the cross as our substitutionary atonement. And so um, that's that's what he was dealing with there, and that's where it's important even for elders and pastors to fence the table, right? Hmm. Make sure that they understand that people who come in the church, listen, you have to have a testimony of salvation in Jesus Christ. Uh, you have to, to have a like faith and practice if you're going to partake of communion. You have to have an understanding of what it is. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, some people... Um, for various reasons, are, are not permitted to partake. Fencing the table is extremely important because the Lord's Supper is a an important ordinance for the church. Again, my guest is uh, Pastor Matt Keller, and um, we're talking about being relevant to the culture and, and why it's important that the Word of God speaks to all issues confronting us. There isn't anything that we can't find <laughs> guidance for yes. in, in the Word of God. Uh, so, Pastor, you know, I had up created equal the organization pro life anti abortion and I've been doing this for a long time, uh, and you're you're supportive of our work and and that's yes. not always the case I, I'd say, uh, you know what we do would be considered controversial to many. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do use abortion victim photography and and some people get offended by that. In fact, if you're pro abortion, you're not going to like what we do. Yeah, but there are also those within you know Christendom friends of mine even Christian believers. They think it's harsh, it's a little over the top, all that kind of thing. And, you know, okay. Uh, how do you see it? Well, you know, those pictures are shocking and intentionally so. It's mm-hmm. meant to bring to bear the reality of what is happening. In mm-hmm. an abortion, it's not just a clump of cells. It's right. a human life. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why we, we love to support you and, and why um, our church has, has really partnered with you this past summer and we're right. looking forward to doing so on an ongoing basis is because we believe uh, what you believe. We believe that God is for life. We believe that life begins at conception. Uh, We believe that murder is sin and Mm -hmm. that it is a wickedness that needs to be addressed. And so 
you promote life. You do so in a peaceful manner. Um, you do so in a compassionate manner. And uh, you don't just try to change people's hearts and minds about abortion, but you also then take them to the gospel and you and right. you try to bring them back to the hope of of life in Jesus Christ. And so, why why couldn't we? Why shouldn't we? Uh, support that. I, I think you guys are doing great work. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, the check's in the mail. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I, I think that we are very much in, misunderstood. I think the pro-life movement is. Yeah. I think pro-life Christians are. I right. think they're caricatured as being, you know, yelling, screaming, you know, all of that kind of nasty, mean people. It's not mm-hmm. true. No. It's not true. We're certainly not that way. Uh, we do our best to to try to integrate the gospel into our presentation, because we realize that when you talk about abortion, you're talking about a sin that is predominant, uh, that millions of Americans have either participated in directly or indirectly, and carry that guilt with them. And when they do, they need a Savior. They need the forgiveness that comes through trusting in, in Jesus Christ. And so... Uh, that's a difficult thing to do. A lot, very many pro-life groups won't go there. Right. They they won't go to the religion question. In fact, mm-hmm. they'll say they're secular only. Yeah. They want to keep it to science and biology, which are important, right. and philosophy, and they just ignore the le- religious issue. We don't do that. Right. Well, and I think it's important to remember too that that these women who are going to, to have abortions, they're they're ultimate. They're looking for some sort of hope, and they're thinking right. that this abortion is going to give them hope for their future, but. You, you take them to the gospel because that is the ultimate hope. It's the gospel. It's salvation in Christ that brings healing and forgiveness and purpose and abundant and everlasting life. And and I'm thankful that, that you guys focus on that al- along with um, trying to change hearts and minds. Well, it's about worldview. Yes. And it's about Christian worldview. And Absolutely. we've got to get out onto the streets to teach people about that. So you've been listening to Bob Ernie Live, Mark Harrington sitting in today. We appreciate the opportunity to stand in for Bob. He'll be back on Monday. God bless you and take care. Listen. Listen. Think. Think. Discern. Discern. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil Evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.